Hey guys, this is Jordan. I do would like to apologize for not releasing an episode for the past few months. However, we are back on track and we'll be releasing episodes here within the next few months, finishing up season two and then work on season three. With that being said, this podcast contains strong language and graphic details of violence. Please enjoy the show. I have missed you so much. I bet you have so many questions of why you weren't able to come back inside of these chambers. Well, let's just say I've had troubles with some of the prisoners breaking out. But they are back and ready to tell some more terrifying stories. So if you're ready, then here we go! So the first story of the day was written by Micah Economan and will be narrated by good old Dakota White. And also, we have a new female prisoner that arrived here not too long ago. My gods found her on some place called, uh, what was it again? TikTok. I have no idea what that is. But please welcome Raquel Crockett. And that one guy, Jordan, is in this story as well. And this story is titled... The house. My heart is pounding. Hands are shaking. I have to steady my breath before I pass out. I was blaring Novocaine by Fallout Boy and dancing around in my seat. The day has finally come where I signed the papers to my very own home. My dream house that I used to ride my bike by every day on my way to school. I've always felt drawn to this house. It's beautiful wraparound porch, lush trees, and perfect yard. It always felt like it wants me there. Today is the day. I will finally be a homeowner and it will become the home for me and my future family as soon as I find that special someone to settle down with. I can't wait to start this new chapter of my life. 
The realtor was sitting on the porch as I pulled up. Maddie, a short, attractive older gal that always has coffee in her hand and a pretty smile across her face. Good afternoon, Maddie, I say with a great enthusiasm. Good afternoon, Logan. How are you today? I am assuming you're pretty excited to finally own your own home. She said with her radiant smile. I can wholeheartedly say that that is an understatement. I smiled back. Well, we have already gone through all your paperwork prior. I just need you to sign the final papers and hand you the keys to your beautiful new home, and we're all set. She said, pulling the papers from her briefcase. I hurriedly signed them, and Maddie shook my hand and then handed me the keys. Well, you have a wonderful day, Logan. Enjoy the new house, and I hope it treats you well. Maddie gave me one last smile and looked at the house, shivered, and walked to her car. Strange, I thought. The temperatures were in the... 80s. Strange time to shiver. I cannot wait to start moving in. I took one more look at the house and I put the key in the keychain, then drove back so I can finish up packing. The next day, I arrived with the U-Haul I rented and began to unload and bring my belongings in when a neighbor swung by and introduced herself. Good day, young man. The name is Jenica. I'm your neighbor across the drive. I wanted to welcome you to the neighborhood and meet you myself. Jenica was an elderly woman with dark circles under her eyes, but they still seemed very kind. Just looked like life was a little tiring for her. Uh, good day to you, Miss Jessica. I appreciate the kind gesture. Just happy to be moving into my dream home. I gave her a smile, and she smiled back. You didn't introduce yourself, young man. You don't want to be rude now, do you? She said, looking visibly annoyed. <sighs> my apologies. My name is Logan. Just so excited. I must have forgot to mention my own name. I said, embarrassed. It's a pleasure to meet you, Logan. I hope you enjoy the new house. Just let me know if you need anything, dear. She looked at the house, shivered, and walked back to her home. That's odd, I thought. But I need to get my cat, Felix. The day went by quickly, and without having too much, it wasn't hard to unpack. Felix ran through the house almost possessed, searching and finding every nook and cranny he could fit his little furball body into. I sat on the couch. It had been a bit tiring moving all day, and decided to take a breather, and slipped into unconsciousness. It hadn't been ten minutes when I heard a crash in the bathroom. My eyes shot open. I raced to the bathroom to see what happened. Apparently, Felix had gotten on the sink and knocked my toothbrush holder off and it shattered on the floor. I exhaled deeply and began to pick up the charge, throwing them in the trash. As I stood up and looked in the mirror, I was horrified. The tub was filled in the mirror, thick with vibrant blood and a woman no older than me, unconscious with deep gashes up her forearms into her wrists. I spun around grasping the sink from behind my body. There was no woman, no blood, nothing, just just the silhouette of the tree branch from the outside window. I could hardly breathe. And checked the mirror again. Nothing there. This is weird. I don't know what that was all about. I moved the curtain to cover the tub. Felix hissed from behind the curtain and flew out of the bathroom. Son of a bitch! I yelled, heart already back in my throat. God damn, why did I get a cat? 
I went to my room and laid in bed. Felix jumped up and laid on my chest. Bastard cat, I mumbled as I closed my eyes. The house was quiet. I got up and had no control of my movement. I walked to the bathroom, turned on the light. The bathroom was different. The toothbrush holder was colorful and not broken, and the towels were dark purple and looked much softer than mine. I have red old ones. I stepped in front of the mirror and washed my face and looked into the mirror. I realized this wasn't my stuff and it wasn't me. I was the girl from the tub. I had been crying and looked gone and faded. Still with no control, I opened the medicine cabinet and pulled out a bottle of pills. They looked to be pain pills. I poured half the bottle into my hand. I just started taking them two at a time, using water from the sink to wash them down. I started freaking out. They were trying to overdose. I was trying to overdose. I started to yell in my head to stop, but I just kept going. After the pills were gone, I filled the bathtub, remembering the visual in the mirror. I wanted to stop even more, but I had no control. Why? Is she? Why? Why am I? I can't think straight. Then we grabbed the razor blade from the drawer and sat in the tub. I exhaled and ran the blade deep into my wrist, one at a time from my wrist up into my forearm. The, the pills hadn't kicked in yet and it was excruciating. I cried watching the blood fill the bath more and change into a vibrant red. The pills finally kicked in and I laid my head on the back of the tub and I woke up. I panted. I looked down. I was in the tub soaked in my night clothes. Luckily I had no razor or pills. My arms were fine. I laid back and, and I cried. What the hell was that? I asked myself, I changed out of my clothes, emptied the bath, and made a pot of coffee. It was cold, so I went to the basement and filled the furnace with wood. It was an old, huge stove, almost able to fit a body in. I lit it and went back to the living room. The sun began to rise. I watched it, drinking my coffee, and wondered why I dreamt that. I then got up and started to get ready for work. The day was weird. I couldn't get that dream out of my head and decided to go see my therapist. Luckily, they had no sessions planned for the remainder of the day and decided to see me on account of me being so upset over the phone. I walked in and laid down on the couch. <sighs> Thank you for seeing me on such short notice, I told my therapist. I can't get over what I have seen and dreamt in my new home. I, I want to know what... I should do, I said, and went into deep detail about the dream and previous week. Did you say you are fantasizing about cutting yourself in the bathtub? He asked with concern in his voice. No, of, of course not. I've never felt that low. I just had that dream after what I saw, I said convincingly. He looked at me for a bit, scribbled in his notebook. I think you just have a lot of stress. Making you hallucinate and have vivid dreams. I can give you a sedative to aid you sleep, and hopefully the dreams will also subside. He suggested. I thought about it for a minute, and agreed. Yeah, the sedative will be fine. That'll help for now. Very well. 
I will write the prescription for you and you can pick it up on the way home. He said and gave me a smile. Thank you, I said as I grabbed the paper and walked out. The drive was calming, listening to Fallout Boy, and the drive had little traffic. I picked up the prescription and headed home. As I walked into my house, I called for Felix. Odd he wasn't waiting after hearing me unlock the door. Hmm. Must be looking for mice. Or just being an asshole. I read the bottle and set it on the kitchen counter. The house was cold, so I walked downstairs and started filling the furnace. I lit it and shut the furnace door. As I began to walk away, I heard a bang against the furnace door. Thinking it was a log that fell into the door, I turned around and walked back, putting on the glove to readjust it and push it back. I opened the door and, to my horror, I fell back screaming. A fiery hand reached out for me, and in the fire, a burning face. The corpse started crawling towards me, falling to pieces and then turning to ash. I closed my eyes. When I opened them, there was... There, there was no ash. Just a log that fell to the floor. I, I tossed it back in and shut the door and ran upstairs. As I got upstairs, Felix ran past me downstairs, sliding into the wall and then back up into the bedroom, making my heart jump into my throat. Fuck, God damn it! Why are you like this? I laid on my couch just trying to catch my breath and started laughing. What is, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I looked at the clock. It was 7.30 p.m. I am just going to take my pills and go to bed. I need to sleep and this is getting annoying. I went to the kitchen, took the accurate dosage, and went to bed. Felix did his usual rampant running and then climbed onto the bed and laid on my chest. You need to chill out, Felix. Between you and whatever the hell is going on in my head, you're gonna kill me. It took a little bit, but the sedatives kicked in, and I fell fast asleep. I got up. The house was cold. I began to shiver and walked down to the basement to put some logs in the furnace. Like the night before, though I noticed I had no control and there was other people's stuff in my house. It was a dream, and I started to scream again, but my body moved on its own. I got closer and closer to the furnace and remembered the vision I saw. No, no, no. I knew what was about to happen. I opened the furnace, lit it, and climbed inside. The door slammed. I started to scream, feeling the flames engulf my body banging the door with every ounce of energy I had until the fumes started suffocating me. The smell of burning hair and flesh hit the door one last time and it swung open and I saw myself fall back in horror and I reached out for help and I fell and... I was now in front of the open furnace. The room was dark and the furnace only had embers burning and I stared into the furnace. I began to sob and cry out. What is, what is wrong with me? I went back upstairs, made a pot of coffee, and sat on the couch, shaking. Felix was up now and scampering around. I called him to work. I can't go in. I don't want to. 
I called my therapist and explained what happened, but he was out of town on a trip. He reassured me to try the pills one more night and maybe sleep on the couch. I will be in town tomorrow and we can meet up for another session. He reassured me, then hung up. I stayed up all day thinking about my visions and dreams. I was terrified. I decided to take the advice and that night I slept on my couch. I had a better day. No visions and nothing startling. I took an extra pill hoping that it would help and fell asleep on the couch. I woke up. The house was cold. Everything was mine. No things unfamiliar. And nothing out of the ordinary. I took a deep breath. Finally, I thought, and then instantly felt dread. I had no control over my body. Tears began running down my face. Why is this happening to me? I thought. Felix was on the end of the couch staring at me. I got up, unable to control my body. I moved to the basement and filled the furnace with logs and lit it while closing the door. I turned around, and there was Jenica. Dear Logan, this house requires sacrifice. She said, smiling. I still had no control over my body and couldn't talk. Tears just kept running down my face. Wouldn't it be great to die in your dream home? She said, giving a sinister smile and handed me a pistol. I couldn't scream. I could only stare. With no control, I grabbed the pistol and I walked upstairs. I went to my room, laid in the bed. Felix climbed on my chest and laid down, staring at me. Jenica was at the side of the bed. Don't worry, Logan. Unlike the others, you won't suffer. You're a polite young man. She said calmly and turned and walked out of the room. I felt hopeless and still had no control. My hand holding the pistol slowly moved it to my temple. Why is this happening to me? My finger slowly pulled the trigger. Sounds like my dream home. So the next story was written by your favorite prisoner, T.J. Richardson. But oddly, he won't be narrating this story. Hmm. First time for everything, I suppose. So D.J. Vanscotter will be narrating this story titled... Home security.
I woke up to creaking floorboards and nearly silent whispers. My blood immediately ran cold and all my senses were dialed up to 11. I waited for my eyes to adjust to the darkness and scanned the room for anything to use as a weapon. I could hear the intruders rummaging through drawers and closets. I heard them working their way down the hall towards my room and I knew they would enter any minute. I reached for my phone to call the police when suddenly the door handle started to shake. I could hear the operator on the phone asking hello, and I was about to answer when the door busted open. Two figures dressed in black with ski masks on burst in, and the bigger of the two ran forward and hit me with a massive fist. Again and again the intruder struck with massive blows, my vision blurry after the first volley of punches. I could barely hear the operator say they were sending help over the chaos. The other intruder was busy ripping through my possessions while the other one continued to savage beating. I could hear sirens start to come down the street and the little one had to grab the larger intruder off of me. I couldn't make out their words but the little one's words were stressed and urgent. All I could make out was the little one say, run. He managed to pull the big one off of me, he hit me one last time, and said, no one's gonna save you. And then they ran out the door. I was left on the floor, beaten and broken. After a few moments, a few police officers came in and started to check on me before the paramedics came and took me away. After a lengthy stay in the hospital and several hours of police questioning, I had found out that there had been several break-in robberies in my neighborhood over the last few weeks. They had two suspects in custody, and they wanted me to drop in and see if I could identify the suspects. Their hope was that I could hear their voices and identify them. Given all I had heard were the two phrases, they could have the suspects speak those phrases and I could help with that. So after I was healthy enough to walk again, I went down to the station and stood behind two-way glass as a line of men stood by a wall. The officer asked each man to say the phrases that I had heard. There were two men in the middle that matched the voices perfectly. I looked through the two-way mirror to see the faces of the men who had broken me and instilled fear into my heart. The little one looked eerily similar to a rat while the large man wore no expression on his face, just a stare of hatred back at the glass. I pointed the two men out, and the officers went in and arrested the two. Throughout the court proceedings and several days of questioning, the two were sentenced to several years in prison, though I was happy with the fact that those men would hopefully not see the light of day for a long time, I still was not free from the fear they had given me. When I finally came home, I had a family friend help clean up the mess the intruders had made, and we got the house back to square one. For several nights I couldn't sleep, I had every light in the house on, every door locked. I had gone to a therapist to help with the PTSD I was experiencing, and it seemed to be helping. Things were starting to turn around. I was finally sleeping, the memories of that horrible night were almost gone. But life has a horrible way of bringing back fear. The police contacted me to let me know that those two men who had broken into my house had escaped from prison.
My world started to spin. All my fears came rushing back. They let me know that they would have an officer staged outside of my house until the men were caught. But even the, that did not make me feel better. After talking with my therapist and close friends, I decided to buy a top-of-the-line home security system. After speaking with every security firm I could find, I happened upon one that was under the radar. He'd overheard me asking around for more options, and he had led me to his office. He stated that his company's security system was unmatched, and I would be safe in my home, or I would be 100% reimbursed. The salesman sold me on the new system, and said he would be there tomorrow to set it up. I was so excited for the system to be set up, as I would finally be able to feel safe in my own home. The man came over and set up the system. He was putting these tiny red sensors next to each window and door. He made one last trip out to his van and brought in one last case. He headed down into the basement to set up the last few sensors while I patiently waited in the living room, reading the instructions. Once the man was done, he headed upstairs and gave me a demonstration. When I turned the system on, the man walked past a sensor, and I heard the system ring out through the house. Living room sensor. I was amazed. He walked over to the back door and opened it, and again the system spoke up. Back door sensor. It was incredible. Based off of how the system spoke, I could tell where anyone who entered my house would be at. I thanked the man for his hard work, and he told me that he would be in touch to make sure everything was working to my liking. A week had passed, and I hadn't had any issues. I still had officers parked outside my house while the intruders were still at large, but the security system left me at ease. One night, as I was reading in my living room, the system came on. Basement Window Sensor I sat there confused, as nothing could enter the basement window as it was too small to fit anything. I walked over to the basement door and opened it. Basement door sensor. As I began walking down the stairs, a small gray blur ran past the bottom of the stairs. I immediately froze and could feel my blood run cold. The sound of bottle shaking started from the basement as I slowly walked down the stairs. Once again, a gray blur moved past the stairs, and this time I took off after it. Once I made it to the bottom of the stairs, there was nothing there. I looked around the whole basement, and nothing was out of place. I chalked it up to a rat. It had made its way in and found its way back out. I went back up the stairs and back to my room, the system commenting as I entered each new room. A few more weeks went by. No sign of the intruders, and my system was holding up well. As I was laying in bed, getting ready to call it a night, the system alerted again. Basement window sensor. I sat up in bed with a heavy sigh. That damn rat must be back in the basement. I grabbed my flashlight and headed to my door when I heard the system again. Basement door sensor. All my blood ran cold. Basement window sensor I could explain, but not the door. I grabbed my bat from next to my door and opened my bedroom door. As I opened the door, I caught a glimpse of a long gray leg moving into the living room. I slammed my door and fell back into my bed, grabbing my bat with all my life. The system alerted again and again. Living room sensor. Bedroom door system. 
Whatever was out there was standing outside the door, its shadow sneaking through under the door. Then I heard soft scratching at my door. I woke up out of my shock and grabbed my phone and dialed the officers outside my house, begging for help. A few seconds later, I heard my front door burst open and I heard the officers announce themselves. After a few seconds, the officers knocked on my door and I let them in. They spent about an hour searching the house, but found nothing out of the ordinary. I wasn't able to sleep at all that night. The next morning, I called my therapist and discussed what I was going through, and she believed that the stress of the intruders being still free was getting to me. I went home and slept as best as I could. I was awoken to the sound of the system again. Basement window sensor. This time, I ran out of my door and towards the basement door. I was committed to proving this wasn't just stress, that something was in my house. As I opened the basement door, I saw it. Crawling up the stairs was a long, lengthy creature, its skin gray with what looked like porcupine quills sticking out of its back. It looked up at me, and I could barely make out the creature's face. It looked similar to the face of a lizard's face, with four eyes all staring back at me. The creature was the size of a man, and it began to slowly crawl towards me. I sprinted back towards my room and locked my door and grabbed my bat. I reached towards my nightstand for my phone when terror hit me. The phone was out in the living room. I sat there in fear when I realized that the other sensors had not gone off since I ran past them. I slowly opened my door and slowly walked towards the living room. As I entered the living room, I saw that the basement door was wide open. I grabbed my phone and slowly worked my way back towards my room. I was just about to the bedroom when I heard a strange sound. The sound was right above me. I slowly looked up to see the creature hanging from the ceiling, its four eyes staring back at me. I took in the whole creature in the dim light. It had a tail that had a spear-like tip at the end of it. It was swinging back and forth as it stared at me. I ran into my room, locked the door, and called the cops back in. They rushed in and once again found nothing outside of the normal. The next day I was informed that the officers would no longer be staying outside of my building. It had been several months and the cops were certain that the intruders had ran across the border and had no intention of coming back. They were also concerned that their presence was giving me some sense of PTSD that I needed to get past. So that was that. That night they were gone, and all I had was my security system to keep me safe. The first night without the police was horrible. I was unable to get sleep due to PTSD. And my system went off through the night. This time, I did not get up. I did not go check to see the creature. For some reason, it wouldn't go past the door to my bedroom. So I hid in my room until morning when I could leave the house. The next night, and the night after that, it got easier. The system didn't alarm as much as I was able to get some sleep. At the end of the first week, I was able to get a full night's sleep. I was finally feeling like my old self. Fear was starting to fade away. Even my thoughts of the creature were almost gone. Saturday night, I read a book in the living room and then headed off to bed, hoping for a great night's sleep. 
I woke up to the sound of the alarm system. I sat there waiting for the same alert that always came first, but this was different. Front door sensor. I sat there for a second, trying to make sure I heard the system correctly. When I heard the system speak up again, Living room sensor. Something was working its way towards me. So I got up and grabbed my bat and listened. I could hear two people whispering, and though the voices were quiet, I immediately remembered them. The intruders had returned, and they were laughing. I could hear the large one saying that the little one was right. All they had to do was wait until the cops were no longer around, and then they would be able to just walk right in. I slowly moved towards my nightstand to grab my phone, when a floorboard creaked under my foot. Suddenly, my bedroom door burst open and the two men stood there, the large one with a look of determination in his eyes. He rushed me, and I tried to hit him with the bat, but he just blocked my weak swing and put his boot in my chest. He ripped the bat away from my hands and took a vicious swing at my leg. An audible pop rang in the bedroom as I was in too much pain to scream. The little one stood at the doorway, blocking my only exit, while the large one walked over and crushed my phone with the bat. The large one started speaking about how I led to their arrest, and they had been looking forward to making me pay. The large one took another swing at my other leg, shooting pain through my body. He then dropped the bat and began to pummel me with those large fists. Again and again, the large man hit me, only stopping when the alarm system alerted. Basement window sensor. Both men froze and looked at each other. They both pulled out the pistols from their jackets. They stood there for a second when the loud creak of the basement door opening and the system alerted again. Basement door sensor. The little one raised his pistol and waited for something to turn the corner. Then the system began to go crazy. Security breach. Security breach. Security breach. Security breach. Before the large one could finish asking what the little one could see, a sound similar to the whistling of an arrow rang out. One single time, then several others. The little one turned around to reveal his body was riddled in thin gray spines. One was protruding from the man's left eye socket. He managed to speak out, run, before falling to the floor, dead. The large one stood up and walked over to the little one, then aimed his pistol down the corridor. He came back to me, put his gun to my head, and demanded I gave him answers on what just happened. He hit me with the frame of his pistol and then cocked the hammer. Before the man could ask another question, a ripping sound began to come from his chest. His face was a mixture of confusion and fear. Suddenly, the tip of a gray spear pushed through his chest. I looked up to see the creature hanging from the ceiling, its tail going through the large intruder. It began to raise the large man off the floor, suspending him off the ground. I managed to pull myself to my feet and limp over to the hanging man. He was mouthing help, blood falling from his mouth and cascading from his chest. I simply responded, No one's gonna save you, before I nodded at the creature. The creature curled the man up closer to him and then slithered its way back towards the basement. The man's scream were barely audible over the system alerting. Intruders, erased. 
I limped over to my neighbors to use the phone and call for medical help. I told them that I had fallen down my basement stairs. They didn't need to know about the break-ins. No one did. For all the world knew, those two were across the border living a life of freedom. After another small hospital stay, I went home. When I made it home, a call rang from my new phone. I answered it to find it was the salesman from the security system. He just simply asked if the system was working to my satisfaction. I smiled and told him yes. He told me that Rolodox was happy for my business, that they would be in touch. That night, I sat in the living room until late, and as I was walking towards my room for my bed, I heard the basement door creak open. The creature was getting smarter. It was working around the sensors completely now. I looked up at the ceiling to see it hanging from the ceiling, its four eyes staring back at me. I smiled and walked back to my room. I had the best sleep of my life that night. stories I have for you today. Thank you so much for coming, and please join us again here soon. We'll have more stories ready for you here inside of my chambers of home.